This is episode 19 of the Magic Detective Podcast. On this episode, I talk about the amazing life of Litzka Raymond Gibson. That and more on this episode of the Magic Detective Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Magic Detective Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective, and it's time for another episode. This is episode 19, and before I get into today's subject, I have to make some corrections about last week's podcast. Um, Last week, I talked about uh, Frederick Bancroft, and I knew it, I knew it, I knew it as soon as I saw that there was a Magic Hall magazine article on Bancroft, and I and I saw that it was written by Gary Hunt. I just knew there were going to be some revelations in there and probably things that I got incorrect, and sure enough, that was the case. And in my own defense, I did use numerous magic periodicals of the time, like Mahatma and the Sphinx, and I also got information from David Price's book, Magic, a Pictorial History of Conjurers in the Theater, and a couple of other smaller sources and newspaper articles, but it wasn't enough. So here's what I got wrong with uh, episode 18. Number one, Gary Hunt says Bancroft was born in Winona, Minnesota, not St. Paul. And this I cannot verify via census records because they only list the state. But it is likely due to the fact that his sister was born in Winona, so it's very likely he was born in Winona. It also doesn't appear that uh, Bancroft uh, came from a wealthy family. He was a go-getter, and he tried numerous businesses, but did he come from a wealthy family? It doesn't appear that he did. Number three... Uh, I don't see where he was a dentist, but uh, he was an insurance salesman. Now, my next question is, where did he get the $30,000 for all the paraphernalia for his show? That was clearly very impressive. Did he make that kind of money as an insurance salesman? That's that's a big question. Uh, every magician of the time that wrote about Bancroft mentions his elaborate and beautiful stage settings. He obviously did put a lot of money into that. Oh, and the other thing... Um, Bancroft's real name was Bancroft, not Bronson. Uh, I don't see where that comes up anywhere. I think I found that in the uh, David Price book, but it's clear that his real last name was Bancroft. Perhaps Bronson maybe was a stage name that he was testing out at one point. That's possible. Uh, One final thing, which I didn't get wrong, is his place of burial. He is not buried in St. Paul, where he lived, or He's not buried in Charleston, South Carolina, where he died. He's actually buried in New York, New York. And I'm guessing it's probably a family plot belonging to his mother's side of the family because they were from New York City. And that's it for uh, the corrections from last week's episode. And now on to today's episode. Our feature today is Litzka Raymond Gibson. She was born Pearl Beatrice Gonser in Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania on January 11, 1901. Pearl's mother taught voice and music, and she instructed her daughter in these very disciplines. Pearl also took up the harp at a very young age and became quite an accomplished harpist. In regards to her music background, she was a graduate of the Royal Conservatory of Music in Brussels. She was the featured soloist with the Boston Symphony and the London Symphony. As a featured harpist, she chose the name Litzka as her stage name. Some sources have tried to say she was born with the the name Pearl Litzka, 
which means little pearl, but I checked the census records and they show her listed simply as pearl. Now, the story Litska told later in her life was that when she was eight years old, she saw the great Raymond perform, and she told her mother way back then that she was going to marry him someday. And sure enough, in 1927, Litska did just that. She became part of the Raymond show, playing the harp and later helping with the illusions. She was the uh, the girl in the song and half illusion. She also presented Raymond's version of the substitution trunk, which he called metempsychosis. Litska owned five different harps, one costing as much as $3,000. She did numerous costume changes when she did her harp act. She also had funny asides that she would throw in while she was playing various songs. The act was well-constructed for entertainment, but... She was an exceptional harpist to boot. Litska also began to do her own segment of magic in the Raymond show. Uh, This was a mix of Asian-inspired mysteries. She wore elaborate costumes and had her own unique presentations. Before long, she added a trained rooster to the show. Her rooster would become more famous than her. He was called China Boy and was a bantam rooster. He did card tricks as uh, like finding lost playing cards. I imagine that Litska produced the rooster magically at the start of her act. So popular was China Boy that he even had his own comic book that the Raymonds used to promote and market Litska's act. And China Boy became a traveling companion for her as well. In the October 1981 issue of Mum Magazine, Litska relays a story of her days while traveling with the Raymond Show, and this is crazy. She said that uh, they don't give the year, but she says that they, the company arrived at the port of entry for Columbia, South America, and Litska always took part in verifying the trunk contents for the local authorities. And she said that they usually, they looked at two or three or four trunks, would ask what was inside. She would tell them they would verify it and then gave her permits for the company to stay in the country. One of the things that they they did to get in good with local authorities was to do a show in the port city at the start of the tour. Now, on this particular day, about half of the show's trunks had been loaded into uh, cars and trucks and were on their way to the theater. And that's when things went bad. Apparently, there was a British freighter, the Tritonia, that caught fire. The ship was loaded with petroleum, dynamite, and other explosives. And just a quick aside, who thought that was a good idea? The entire crew of the Tritonia abandoned ship. The dock workers packed up, but not before leaving the other half of Raymond's show on the docks. Uh, it had been covered with tarps, but uh, if the, with this ship full of explosives, it was you know bound to explode. It could wipe out everything on the docks, as well as local businesses. Even the local hotel was in danger. People were evacuating the city. Even Raymond's crew took off. He and Litska, however, they stayed behind. Uh, There were updates about when the explosion was expected to take place. And after the last update, someone realized that the captain's pet cat was still on board the ship. The mayor of the city even went so far as to offer a reward to anyone who would be willing to go back on the ship to retrieve the cat. And as crazy as it sounds, two German sailors accepted the offer and went on board the ship. 
No more than five minutes passed before the unthinkable happened. The ship exploded with the sailors and the cat still on board. And the explosion was tremendous. Townspeople thought it was the end of the world. Parts of the, the ship were thrown into buildings all over the area. People hid for their lives. Litska said she found herself hiding underneath the bed in her hotel room. Her husband, Maurice Raymond, was downstairs enjoying the excitement with other hotel guests. Much damage was done to the area. Uh, buildings had collapsed. Some escaped unharmed, like the local theater. It was absolutely untouched. The trunks from Raymond's show that had made it to the theater, those were also unharmed as well. So, I bet you're wondering what the status of the other half of the show was that was left on the loading docks. Well, Raymond and Litzka went to check, and a crowd of people were surrounding that area. It turned out that laying upon the canvas tarps covering the remaining trunks from the Raymond show were the remains of the two German sailors. And according to Litzka, the town was in no mood at that point for any sort of show. So they quietly loaded the trucks or the trunks onto trucks. They continued their tour throughout the rest of the country. When it came for time for them to return a month later, uh, they arranged to do the show for the, the people of the port city at that point. And that is a crazy, wild, incredible story. Litzka performed in the Raymond show for 22 years until her husband passed away on January 27th, 1948. Litzka performed at a lot of magic conventions dur uh, doing her act with the harps and her magic act with China Boy. At one point, Walter Gibson became her manager and eventually... Walter Gibson became her second husband, and she would be known as Litzka Raymond Gibson, or in reality, Pearl Beatrice Litzka Raymond Gibson. Another highlight of Litzka's career was when she became the featured performer for the annual fashion show sponsored by Mademoiselle magazine. Litzka actually created an entire show of magic and illusions themed around fashion. She sawed models from the magazine in half, produced loads of livestock, birds, rabbits, and of course, China Boy. She had custom stage settings created for the event. And apparently this event was a traveling sort of show. Uh, there were multiple troops that, that presented it. So Liska had multiple sets and, and duplicate props created and shipped off to the various destinations. And from what I gather, uh, she trained other people to do some of the magic. And then she would actually appear in person at some of the larger cities. Uh, her character for these shows was known as Mademoiselle Magic. And Walter Gibson was known to be a prolific writer. And soon, Litzka would join her husband by co-writing and writing books as well. She wrote, or I think they wrote this one together, The Mystic and Occult Arts. And they also wrote a book together called The Complete Illustrated Book of Divination and Prophecy. And she wrote a book called How to Read Palms and later The Official Know-It-All Guide to Palm Reading. Some of these books are actually still in circulation today. Litzka sold The Raymond Show in 1994 to a group consisting of Mario Carandi Jr., uh, David Baldwin, Henry Mueller, and Sid Radner for the whopping sum of $225,000. Litzka Raymond Gibson died on May 11, 1996. She was 95 years old, 
what an amazing life. And I'm so glad I was finally able to share a story about a female magician. And I just want you to know there will be many, many, many more uh, female magicians coming down the road. Uh, quickly, uh, I want to remind you that uh, next weekend is a Haversat Ewing auction. This is the auction of Howie Schwartzman's collection that takes place on May 3rd and 4th. And there are some really interesting items uh, in the auction. A lot, it's mostly books, it looks like, but I, I love books, so you know, check it out. Uh, after that, I believe the next auction is May 18th, which is the spring auction for Potter and Potter. And lastly, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have a winner for my Magic Detective contest, the latest version. So I'm just going to wrap that one up with no winner. Next week, I'll be back with a new contest for you. And until then, I'm Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective. Thanks for listening and have a great week.